I've had quite a journey here at Acadia Divinity College, and I'm taking theology part-time. But in June, I was called to preach at a church near where I live in Digby. It's down Digby Neck in Rossway, about halfway between Digby and Briar Island. I think many of you are familiar with the way of watching. And um, it started out very, very small, uh, the congregation, but we're building and growing, thanks to God. It's a, I think it's a delight being here this morning, but I took on the challenge. <laughs> but this morning, the message is learning from Martha. Let us pray first. Oh Lord God, may we have eyes to see and ears to hear your words and your message, and a heart to make a difference in the lives of others, leading by example. Amen. But the message today is about serving Jesus in a proper way and living change through learning, leaning, and leading. Now, can any of you relate to brothers and sisters, family, who have a tendency to take charge? I have an older brother that's eight years older than me and a younger one, eight years younger. My sister's 20 months younger, so you can imagine their power struggles at home. Um, I just want to start out with a little story that will lead into the message. It's a true story, and I've changed the names to protect the identity of the people I know. Don't want to get sued here. <laughs> Many years ago, Anita and her husband, Joe, moved into a tiny apartment as newlyweds. Her husband always did the cooking, but Anita wanted to impress her husband so she decided she would bake a chicken. So this one day she prepared the chicken and put it in the oven and then read the instructions to figure out how to, the oven would come on the next day. Well, the next day came and they were getting off the elevator and Anita said, boy, I smell something bad. Somebody is a terrible cook. <laughs> and I smugly thought that said Anita, only to find out that the smell was wafting from my apartment because that chicken had been in that oven for 20 hours. So you can imagine it was pretty ripe. <laughs> <laughs> and don't we see Martha trying to impress Jesus and his friends when they came for a visit? I can really relate to Martha. But this morning, this message is about two well-known women of the Bible, Martha and Mary, also their brother Lazarus. But it's mainly about the, about the gals. Jesus frequently get, uh, stayed at Martha and Mary's home near Jerusalem. Hospitality was part of that culture then, and it probably still is today that you hosted people, you welcomed them into their home, and you fed them. In the first century, guests were given a basin of water to wash their feet after a long journey. And then they sat at a big round table, all of them, communal with one another. Mary and Martha's home must have been a beehive of activity, though, with Martha taking charge of everything to make sure everything was cooked and setting tables and cleaning up and washing up and all the rest of it. But where's Mary? 
while Mary is sitting in a secluded corner in the house while Jesus is teaching a handful of people who are leaning on his every word. Mary has now covered Jesus' feet with expensive nard, anointing them in preparation for his death. She knew that, but Martha didn't. As Mary unties her hair and wipes Jesus' feet, it must have been upsetting for many of the guests in the home because they weren't accustomed to women doing this. It was a man's world after all. But Judas could not believe it. He could not believe the expense. As far as she, he was concerned, Mary was wasting a lot of money, a year's full of wages. In John 12, he said, what a waste of money. Well, that money could have been spent on the poor. Well, he, we know he wasn't consent, concerned about the poor. But he wouldn't be able to help himself to the money that night either. In the meantime, Martha was so busy with the preparations that she was crying out for help. So she interrupts this intimate gathering because she's angry. And I can just see her. she's hopping mad. And she went to Christ and she said, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me with all the work to do by myself? Tell her then to help me. Well, I can't imagine talking to Jesus like that. Let's look at verse 10. It begins with, Lord, don't you care? It's quite a statement, isn't it? How often do we actually ask that question when our frustra frustration goes out of control? And all because we've never learned to lean on Christ. <clears throat> with Christ, he would help us get our priorities straight. Mary was his disciple, and she decided that leaning at the feet of Jesus and anointing them and drying them with her hair was far more important than getting a meal ready. So Jesus, what did he do? He spoke up, and he said, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted about many things, but only one thing is needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. Now, I bet a lot of you are sympathizing with poor Martha right now, aren't you? But I know all about people like Martha when it comes to doing things. Ten years ago, I moved into a home in Digby, a new home. And someone asked me if I would host a choir party. Now, picture it, mid-December, I moved into the home. My friend and I <coughs> cleaned that house from ceiling to floor, arranged all the furniture, trimmed a Christmas tree in three days. My home's not a tiny little home either. So, we t so I can relate to Martha, let me tell you. I didn't realize that it would take longer than three days normally, but we worked from dawned until practically midnight every day, trying to get this stuff done. That choir party, the choir members would have been happier, I'm sure, to eat off of paper plates. But I had to impress, just like Martha. Need I say more? Sometimes we forget how big our God is, and when we run around with an image of Martha, trying to make sure everything is just right, 
we have to stop and think, what are we doing? What are our priorities? Martha and I were just forgetting all about kingdom preparation because we were so set on getting it done, getting it done right without getting God into the picture. Loving, serving God, our Father, is the greatest commitment that we can have, isn't it? And what does the greatest commandment say? Say it with me. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your might and all your soul. There's no greater gift of hospitality than listening to your guests. And Martha forgot all about this, especially when her guest was Jesus. It's all about balance, too. God used this story of these two well-known women to demonstrate the kind of relationship that he wants to have with us, each one of us. At the core of our being is a love for Christ that won't let go. It's the same kind of love that Mary showered upon Jesus as she anointed his feet that night. Unlike Martha, Mary was sitting at Jesus' feet and listening to every word he said. And by giving her, him her undivided attention, she was learning firsthand about what God could do in her life. Let's look at the Marthas in this world. According to one commentary I've read, Martha represents 80% of Christians who are so caught up in their own lives trying to build a personal relationship with Jesus Christ that they forget what really matters, and that's Jesus Christ. We spend too little time in prayer and too little time in the Word and too little time discipling our communities because <coughs> we spend our time acting like Martha. Think about Mary and Martha. How would you apply their situation to your life? What did you think of when you heard Anita trying to impress her husband by cooking a rotten chicken dinner? <laughs> Or all the housework that my friend and I did in three days. Really, who was I trying to impress? Now, we can look at this another way, too. Just think of the times we said, what would I do if I had my life to live over? I think we'd all do it better, wouldn't we? Or do it differently. And we still have a lot of chance to change how we do things through leading and learning, and loving, and listening to Jesus. There's a few points I'd like to make. Mary, by example, was quietly leading change for the traditional role of women. She was gently breaking the rules, usually reserved for men only, except that she had a really great encourager, and that was Jesus himself. Her sister Martha was not really asking for help. She was demanding that Mary help her with that supper. Not only by honoring Jesus did she neglect him, really, but it was also a meal to celebrate the life of Lazarus, his resurrection. Mary wanted to exercise her right at being at the foot of Jesus 
while Martha wanted to exercise control over the whole situation. Why we feel we need to tell others what to do is beyond me. But it happens. It could be a birth order thing, too. Mary may not have had that gift of hospitality that Martha thought she should, but she had gifts of discernment, serving, discipleship, and wisdom. Jesus was not saying that Martha's role was unimportant, but I cannot find anywhere in this passage that Jesus even asked for a meal. Mary didn't worry that what anyone else thought of such extravagancy with the nard or of breaking with social conformity by untying her hair and anointing Jesus' feet. That must have been something for those people to see that day, a woman taking a leading role like that at the foot of the cross, at the foot of Jesus. Mary had balance in her life. And wouldn't it be nice if we all did? As I close, consider this. Right now, if Jesus wanted to dine at your house, would you be like me, cleaning everything from ceiling to floor? Or would you be just going with the flow and cooking and getting people to help you that are willing to help? How would you accept Jesus with the image of Martha, trying to control everything, or the image of Mary anointing his feet? I think we know the answer. Changing our lifestyles to follow the lead of Christ allows us to be more open to changing how we live through him in harmony with one another. I know what was missing from my life, and that was balance. I'm sure it was balance was missing from Martha's life, too. And Anita's. She wanted to impress Joe with her great chicken dinner, only to come home to rotting food. Me doing the impossible in three days, and Martha just demanding, demanding, demanding that you do it now. But Jesus doesn't see things like that, does he? He just looks at us to change our hearts, to change our lives. And I just want to end it by saying, how would you apply this story to your lives? Are you sitting at the foot of Christ, or are you, like Martha, too busy for a proper relationship with him? Leaning on Jesus, as Mary did, anointing his feet, it teaches us about our priorities at the foot of Christ and at the foot of the cross. By learning from him, by leaning on him, while being led by the one who was sent. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for bringing us this message in Luke I now ask you to help us to take the time to meet with you in prayer before we try and tackle the tasks of today. Help us to love you and to serve you because we know you are far more important than our never-ending tasks here on earth. Amen.